Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use MyBookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He joins us every single Tuesday to talk all things Gamecocks football and Gamecocks athletics as a whole. Our good friend, J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur, joins the show once again. J.C., appreciate you taking the time, my friend. How are you? Great. Good to be with you guys today. So, J.C., let's just dump, jump right into it. And before we get on the field, we've got to start with Another week, another viral moment. Shane Beamer's post-game press conference, the comments that he made. Just really quickly, your thoughts on the comments as a whole? And then it raises a question for me, JC, that's bigger. Like, why do you think, I mean, is it, do people have it out for Shane Beamer? Is it, like, like why, why do you think this is a weekly thing where it's like press conference clips? I mean, I understand more is being made of it because of the real problem is, you know, on the field, the record, whatever. And I think if the ro- the record was reversed, what have you, you know, we're not paying as much attention to these things. But thoughts on the comments on Saturday, the, you know, the opening statement, if you will, about the win, celebrating the win, those who aren't, the miserable existence comments. And then just your thoughts. I mean, have you ever seen a season in which, and I know it might be recency bias, but a season in which it's just like, Week after week, it feels like sometimes day after day, there's like a new thing, a new viral comment that is that is spreading, if you will. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things at play here. If you remember, Chris, when Will Montemp started not winning, people, they had the pitchforks. I think they had the pitchforks out for him from the beginning. I, I think a smaller portion of the fan base was – not fired up, will never really accept the fact Beamer's the coach, but uh, a larger majority accept him over what, when, when they hired Muschamp. And it's probably because of Muschamp's record at Florida, to be honest with you. Uh, but if you remember Muschamp, everything he said was not right either. You know, the, the injury reports especially. Uh, and I always tell the story, and it's even – it's kind of funnier now that Xavier Leggett's a superstar. Uh, Xavier Leggett was the number two receiver on that 2020 team because they just didn't have anybody else. He was young, sort of raw, a sophomore, and uh, played against Florida, played against Vandy, and then all of a sudden he disappeared. He has, there was no more Xavier Leggett. Muschamp never said anything. By the time Bobo got the job, you know, somebody finally asked about Xavier Leggett. And Bobo goes, oh, yeah, he's a really good player and got a bright future. Unfortunately, he's been out for the season since the Vanderbilt game. <laughs> And stuff like that with Will just drove the fan base crazy. Uh, and, and then with Shane, you know, he's he's kind of on the other end of the thing, like super optimistic. He's going to thrive on positive energy. He's going to find a way to make it positive, uh, you know, that type of thing. Uh, I, I think that what people need to realize is coaches all determine their own brand and personality. And that's never, ever, 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 ever going to change. 
they can change their offensive schemes. They can change their defensive philosophy, change practice habits. Uh, they can evolve, but they are who they are. And, and the good ones remain who they are. They don't, they don't get, because once you get them out of their comfort zone, as far as who they like are, you're going to lose. I mean, because then they're not being true to themselves. It's all just a, it's a, it's a, it's a ball of charlatans if, if that happens. So people just have to understand Shane Beamer is not going to change in that, that part of it. He is not going to change. That's, that's just who he is. Just like Will Muschamp is never going to give an injury report if he doesn't have to. And he's always going to say things like he's got a toe, even though he's got 10, hopefully, uh, you know, that kind of thing. The other part of it is the guy that visited for a, a reunion this past weekend you get a real treat when Steve Spurrier is your head coach because he is who he is and he just tells it like it is all the time. I mean, Spurrier didn't even try to really hide injuries. He's like, Oh, he's got a little crack in his foot. Hopefully he'll be okay. But heck, I don't know. know, Maybe not. Shoot. We'll just have to see, you know, and uh, he would flat out just call people out. And, 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 you know, we all remember the famous Ron Cooper press conference at 06 up in Kentucky where they almost blew a two-touchdown lead. And he called poor Ron Cooper in to the press conference. And surprisingly enough, Cooper Coop lasted two more years on the staff. But, uh, you know, we remember that. We're, you know, the special teams meltdown at Vandy in 14 that Spurrier just kept going on and on about. That's been posted, uh, you know, this uh, this time. And, and Spurrier was just brutally honest. He's like, well, we are who we are. We're just going to go try to play our best. Um, and Coach Spurrier didn't really get negative, uh, you know. Uh, it, it 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 just it's just who he is, and he's beloved because he didn't change. He never changed, you know. He he never he was always Steve Spurrier, and so I think this this fan base has been kind of spoiled by that, you know. As far as you know, well, that's our guy. You know, that's how that that you know being the most successful coach in the history of the program until someone else is as successful or more the standard is always going to be judged by that guy. Same thing happened at Clemson with Danny Ford when he left. I mean, they fired Ken Hatfield basically because he wasn't Danny Ford. <laughs> and he, he, he called him out on it. Um, and they, they replaced him with Tommy West, who was more like Danny Ford, and he didn't work out. And so then they got to Bowden, and then he didn't work out. And then then Dabo becomes – he's Dabo, you know, anybody won, Right. And so it takes that next guy, and you, you see it at every school that has a legend. I think I think Florida fans still feel the same way about Spurrier. Um, you know, why don't we? Why is this coach saying this? Why is this coach saying that? So, so it's kind of a mental thing, and a and a and a, and a, a comfort level. Uh, you know, because because Spurrier was so successful here. You know, you want that comfort that you know your program's in right in the right hands, just like it was with Steve, but. This guy's not talking like Steve, so that that that's the issue there. I, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's a thing to do with how they played Saturday or how they're going to play this Saturday. Um, you know, is it something that's pissed off fans? Yes, uh, the part of them, some of them. Um, do I understand where the fans are coming from? Yeah, yeah I just explained why. I mean, that's they're just kind of used to something else. But fans and everybody else has media, everybody. They have to realize that he's not going to change. You're, you know, he he may, like I said, he may change the the schemes. He may change the play callers. He may change responsibilities on the staff. He may recruit different players. Uh, change practice. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that coaches evolve with. 
but I've never seen one that's good that, that, that evolves as far as like his personality and who he is and kind of the fabric of the program and, you know, how he wants to approach things from a positivity, negativity, negativity standpoint. I'll also add one more thing quickly, if I can, mm-hmm. this generation of, of young people, um, they're a little different than, than maybe we were growing up. Right. Uh, I'm not going to say they're highly sensitive, but they're highly in tune with things because they've grown up with phones in their hands. They've seen the world. They, they've seen, you know, they've seen more than maybe some of us did growing up and they don't really thrive on the negativity because they've been shrouded and dumped with negativity just because they've had this window to the world and the world in general, uh, the grown up world is a negative place. These, these folks almost grew up too fast. So they don't always respond, you know, to this ultra critical stuff. Um, and so if you're talking about reaching the players, it, it's probably better, even if you piss off some fans who, you know, are just, you know, saying whatever, uh, because they, they're not used to hearing it or they will, they want a different message from you. You know, I, I think if you have to choose between fan base and your players, then, you know, you err on the side of the players because uh, you don't want to lose them. The season's not over, um, all that good stuff, but, but Beamer's not going to change. Um, I, I didn't have any, mo- any emotion toward it either way. Uh, I'm not saying that I would have handled the press conference that way. I'm not saying I wouldn't have. Uh, I just, I don't want to say don't care because, you know, my listeners and readers and all care. So I need to care, but I'm just very, very neutral about that. I just think that coaches are who they are. He's the head coach. There's some things he may change, uh, but I wouldn't put this high up on the list of, of things he needs to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And to your point, JC, the issues are not the press conference. It's on the field and what we've seen this season, although it comes after a win. And and admittedly, JC, like I'm speaking to myself, you wouldn't have known that South Carolina won the football game because I said this on social media. I said it on Saturday after the game. I Heck, I said it yesterday. It was a win that for some reason felt like, maybe I won't say felt like a loss. It felt underwhelming. That's what it felt like. It felt underwhelming to the game and give Jacksonville state credit, by the way, JC, that's a, that's a great football. Like that's a really good football team. Rich Rodriguez is one hell of a coach. They've got a really good football team. Did the game go as you expected? Because I I picked an 11 point margin of victory. I did not expect Jacksonville state to have the football driving with a chance to win the game. So maybe that's kind of what threw me off, but I mean, 
did you see that tight of a ball game coming? Did you think it'd be a little one-sided? Like your thoughts on just the overall flow of the game and how it played out. Well, the, the only game scarier was probably that Louisiana Tech game in 2017 when, when Muschamp was here, because that looked like it. I, mean, it, it, six, it? I think it was sixteen nothing or sixteen nothing. I mean, they shut them out until the uh, Tyson Tyson that, that was the Ortray Smith game. I think he had a big game that game. Ortray Smith had a big touchdown reception. Tyson Williams had a big run, and then Bentley threw it up. So Brian Edwards somehow came out out of a prayer and, and they ended up winning. Part, that was Parker White's first made field goal attempt, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yeah, and it was a, it was one of one of a couple game winners, I think. Yeah, but uh, look, that was a scary game. I mean, App State in twenty nineteen was a loss, uh, and it kind of unfolded that way. Uh, Gamecocks actually, I thought that game they outgained App three seventy two to two oh defense out of two hundred yards. I don't know. I, I don't know how they lost that. Helensky just kind of couldn't that, get that, it done That there was another the nightmare Eli Drinkwitz matchup. Yes, yes. That, that, we'll call it the ghost of the book of Eli there got us. But uh, it, it, you know, and then, then the Wofford, the Wofford debacles back in, in Spurrier, like what, they won by seven that year. Wofford's on the freaking two-yard line. And I'm talking about scary as in a lesser opponent. Of course, also in 2017, a bad Tennessee team that we didn't know was that bad at the time had the ball first to go at the two, down six, could not score. And, and Carolina, that's the last time they won at Nayland Stadium. But, uh, you know, it, it, it felt like that. Now, I, I think Carol. I don't think Carolina they came out with a lot of good energy. I think as the game went on, it just seemed like with the exception of a few guys, there wasn't that energy. That they were playing with. What, meanwhile, Jacksonville State gained confidence as the game went on. Uh, I thought Jacksonville State had a great game plan on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think Carolina did not execute. Uh, I think fundamentals uh, left a lot of the players on Saturday. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody. I was, I was very happy for Stone Blanton getting that big play, that pick six. Uh, and I was happy for O'Donnell Fortune getting the the, the next interception. But those guys didn't play very well. I mean, you know, bottom line is the body of work was was not that good. Um, you know, I, I think the defense continues to have the same issues over and over and over again. Um, luckily, uh, and I don't, I, 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 the, I haven't researched who it was. Whoever had the pressure on the pick six is probably the unsung hero because the kid he was getting sacked, and, and the receiver was. If he did, that would have been a touchdown, <laughs> you know. And so, thank God, somebody got pressure and he just carelessly threw it, and that's ball game. But uh, yeah, it just they didn't have the type of energy and and um, and execution that uh, that you would expect. The run game, you know, you you'd expect South Carolina, I guess, the smallest D line uh, to be able to line up and run it, even with the issues on the O line. Uh, the announcers for the game kept saying how great the pass protection was. I I thought. I thought when they did hold up, Spencer made some plays down the field, but I don't think they held up the whole time, not not against a team like that. Uh, and, but now to Jacksonville State's credit, their schemes are way different. It is a special preparation game. Um, I won't say it's hard as playing Wofford with the triple option and all that, but but their defense and offense both, it, it's not something you're going to see every week. Uh, and, and so that's not an excuse for how they played, uh, but it's probably a reason – that Jacksonville State did give them so much, so much trouble, and and then Jacksonville State's got great athletes. I, I think for that level, 
Um, they're a, a you know you, you compare them to like a Furman. Jacksonville State has a higher level athlete than than maybe your normal uh, FCS team, and of course they just transitioned up uh, from FCS. And you know, in these types, of, not under Rich Rod, but in these types of situations under other coaches, they beat Florida State in Tallahassee. Uh, they beat Ole Miss in Oxford back in the Houston Nut era. So and they took Auburn to overtime, uh, and that was a really good Auburn team. So, so they've got some experience, you know, slaying the Giants, so to speak. So the Gamecocks, uh, very fortunate to escape with a win considering how they played. But, you know, that also means there's a lot of improvement that has to be made uh, for them to have a shot to, to do what they uh, need to do to get to a bolt. A win is a win is a win, JC. That's the bottom line. You snap yeah. that four-game losing streak. As you mentioned, you kick off the month of November in this four-game home stretch with a W, which obviously you had to have. I'll ask you this, though. Spencer Rattler was brilliant, I thought, you know, just under 400 yards. And I say that, too, JC. I, I will point out, <clears throat> maybe it's an unfair comparison because he was so good against Florida, Mississippi State, Furman, those home games, what have you. Maybe Rattler wasn't quite as locked in as those games. Uh, you saw a couple underthrown balls, and and but still, he he was great. Xavier Leggett, fantastic. The offensive line struggled. Defense did generate four turnovers, but had their struggles throughout the day. I, I say all that to ask this, JC. Do you feel like we learned anything new about this football team? Did you leave the Jacksonville State game with with any new information, or was it just okay? The things we thought about this team, it is what it is, and. You carry that for it. The Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, S P or S U P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, 
Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Man, nothing much. I mean, there wasn't really anybody that was new that stood out. I think we've known Xavier Leggett's a pretty good player. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it kind of reinforced some things for me, you know. And and here's another thing people need to kind of consider. Dowell Loggins uh, is coaching his butt off right now, man. I mean, uh, there's not a lot. And I'll take you back to Steve Spurrier. When his offensive line was bad during his early years, uh, they didn't go very far. I mean, I remember fourteen, a lot of fourteen to seven games or seventeen to ten games. I remember uh, getting shut out by Georgia at home, uh, throwing a grand total of seven on the board at Auburn. Um, and this injury situation on the offensive line, Chris, this is the worst situation up front injury wise this program's had since nineteen ninety nine, and that year the Gamecocks did not win a game. Um, you know. So I don't know. I, I, you know, I could sit here and critique every play call and, and all that, but uh, I think he's doing a good job of scheming the playmakers he has open. And that's, that's an important thing for an offensive coordinator. Um, you know, you look, what does South Carolina have? Well, they've got uh, Xavier. They got a couple of receivers that could do some things here and there. They got Mario and they've got two really good pass catching tight ends. Of course, Trey was hurt on Saturday and missed. But Josh Simon steps right in, seven catches for 64 yards, made his share of plays. Bad offensive coordinators do not get the ball in the hands of their playmakers enough. I think we all went through that the last two years where we're sitting there wondering why in the heck against Georgia, Juice Wells isn't targeted, or why in the heck Jaheim Bell wasn't playing and targeted and all that good stuff. Uh, that those, those days are over. I mean, he, he's making the most of what he can with what he's got. Um, and yeah, you know, I think it's fair about Spencer. He probably wasn't quite as dialed in as say Mississippi State or the Furman game, uh, or even Florida, uh, where he played magnificently. But he did enough to win the game. And 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 his body language during the football game, Chris, was superior. Uh, it's superb. Superior's the comparison. Superb. It was outstanding. He showed a lot of leadership, uh, even encouraging the defense and things like that. He and Debo Williams both. Uh, at times, according to some folks that were right behind the bench, seemed to be, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody else, but it seemed to be those are the guys that were lifting everybody up. Uh, and so that's good. That's good leadership, as quarterbacks do. Um, again, 399 yards. He's closing out. Yeah, I don't know if he'll break Dylan Thompson's record or not, but it's within reach, the single-season uh, passing yardage mark. So it's within reach. So that was a, was a good performance by him. Uh, and, and another thing I'm impressed with him this year as opposed to maybe last, uh, and, and Dowell deserves credit for this, Dowell, Dowell Loggins, is, yes, the offense is simplified. And, yes, uh, it's not as he's not thinking as much as he was asked to last year. But it's still got a lot of pro elements, and he's still having to make reads and, and go through his progressions like pro quarterbacks do, and he's doing it at a higher level than I saw at any point last season. So – uh, that's going to help him next year when he's in the league. It's going to help him get drafted to be the first quarterback drafted since Todd Ellis in 1990. <laughs> uh, that's a long time. So uh, hats off to Spencer and Dowell Loggins for, you know, not only putting him in a system that allows him to thrive, but, you know, getting him better at a key part of that system and the execution that 
big-time quarterbacks have to do. JC, here comes the Vanderbilt Commodores, and South Carolina is looking for their 15th straight win over Vandy. You think about 15 years, JC. We've seen some really, really good Gamecocks football. We've seen some really, really bad Gamecocks football. I'll start with a fun question. Where was J.C. Sherbert the last time Vanderbilt beat South Carolina? I was in Nashville. It was a Thursday night game. Uh, I wasn't living in Nashville at the time. I had just moved back to Columbia the previous year to start the BigSport.com. I was, was in Nashville from 04 to 07. I worked at Rivals.com in the home office and was the the national recruiting editor uh, after about six months there. And uh, but then I got approached about starting an ESPN site and uh, Big Spur. And I always want, we wanted to go home. My wife and I at the time wanted to go home. So we went home, uh, but we drove up for the game. Um, and then it was Labor Day weekend. Uh, and so we were going to go, we went to Tybee. We drove all the way back from Nashville to Tybee Island, Georgia uh, afterwards, sat on the beach and sulked for the rest of the weekend. But that, that was a frustrating football game because you know, Carolina had started, that was the Tommy Beecher's going to start year. And they played NC State. Believe it or not, Russell Wilson was quarterback at NC State. And Carolina's defense just stayed and went nowhere. But and State was bad that season. Tom O'Brien's first or second year. So uh, it's 13 nothing, and, and they finally benched Beecher, and Beecher never played again. They put Chris Smelly, who had started something back in, and Smelly leads them like three late garbage touchdowns. They beat State 34 nothing. So they go to Vandy, who had ruined their season the year before. And that was Bobby Johnson's best team. That was his bowl team. Uh, And things just didn't go right. Carolina had no answers for for Vandy on defense. Again, Smelly was under pressure all night long. Uh, And then they figured out the defense uh, and scored 24 to 17. And so that was it. And that's – there's been two stadiums I've been at as an opposing fan or whatever, where somebody's really act an opposing fans acted very inappropriately after the game and almost got their teeth knocked down the throat. That was one of them that in Kentucky in 06, uh, the Ron Cooper game that, that I mentioned earlier, those are the, it's kind of funny. Kentucky and Vandy are the two places that, uh, <laughs> that I'm uh, almost scrapped at after the game, you know, for some whatever reason. Vandy especially, you wouldn't expect to hear that. That, no, that seems like a pretty tame crowd, I would imagine. But I've been to so many Vanderbilt Carolina games because I because I, I I went back to Nashville in 2011, so I was I was there for four or five years after that. But it was um, it uh, I've been to so, a lot of Vandy games and mm. never had a problem. But that particular night, I guess. Wrong place, wrong time. Thank goodness my ex-wife was with me because she uh, <laughs> she kind of was like, "You need to, you need to calm down." Had had a had to drive to Tybee Island the next day. Said no, no alcohol was involved. Nothing, not at least not on my end. But that was that was that was uh, an exercise in restraint after that one. So, JC, you look at this year's matchup, this Vanderbilt team, and again, like I mentioned, death taxes and Gamecocks football beating Vandy, no matter how good or bad each side is. But this Vanderbilt team specifically. I think, J.C., they've been one of the more, believe it or not, disappointing teams in the SEC. When you look at how they finished last year, beat Florida, beat Kentucky, they were a five-win team. A lot of folks, their best bet was the Vanderbilt over three-and-a-half total wins. 
A loss to UNLV early in the season derails that. They haven't won a game since, haven't won an SEC play. They've had issues at the quarterback position. They've played both Swan and Seals this season, have not really been able to settle on one guy. They don't run the football that well, 93 rushing yards per game. They throw it for about 235 yards per game. They do have two dynamic playmakers at receiver in Will Shepard, Jane McGowan. Will Shepard, J.C., 44 catches for 634 yards and eight touchdowns on the season. But outside of that, again, J.C., Vandy does not do a ton well. Um, I mean, I'd say defensively they're okay. There should be opportunities for South Carolina. So this is a game you open up as a two-touchdown favorite. Like, you should win the football game on paper. But you know as well as I do, J.C., streaks are meant to be broken, and at some point, some year, Vandy's going to beat South Carolina. It's it's going to happen beyond any sense of comprehension. It's going to be an upset when it does, right? We almost saw it in 2021. Last year's game was really sloppy in Nashville. Gamecocks won the turnover battle 4-1 to one in an 11-point victory. What are you most looking forward to in this game? Obviously, a win is number one, but... You know, South Carolina needs to go out and play a good football game to get this victory because Vanderbilt, obviously, they know about the streak. Clark Lee, he's a good coach. They're going to come in ready to play. They haven't had any success. Much like last year, nobody expected them to beat Florida or Kentucky. You don't want to be that team that comes into this one sleepwalking and all of a sudden you look up in the fourth quarter and Vanderbilt's got a lead on you. You're in a tight ball game. So what you're most looking forward to yeah. in this game in a game that South Carolina, we all feel, should come out victorious. Yeah, man, he's not coming here scared. I'll tell you that. I mean, they're going to come in here thinking. I mean, because I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, because they played in Week Zero against Hawaii and they won it, but it was a struggle against Hawaii at home. Um, I, you know, I, and this is that this is probably where they're looking at it because Tennessee's next. And Tennessee <laughs> broke one off in their hind parts last year in Nashville. They got to go to Knoxville this year. Uh, as a chance to maybe get that uh, that guy, that not go winless in the league, um, you talked about Shepard and McGowan. McGowan is a guy. If you do not cover him down, I'll say this: if you do not cover him downfield, he he can get you. He's a he's from Lawrence, South Carolina. Uh, he's he's small, but he's got world class speed. You've got to get him on the ground, and because he's so small, sometimes he's hard to tackle. Uh, so the the tackling left a lot to be desired against Jacksonville State. You got to get him on the ground. They'll also pitch him the ball to try to manufacture a running game. Because you're right, Chris, they struggle to run the football. Uh, you know, if if you're them, you're probably a little mad at Ray Davis, right? Because <laughs> Ray's so good, and Ray's from California, and so you're like, if if he leaves you and goes back home, well, let's say he went to Stanford or Cal or Oregon State or even UCLA or so, you understand. But man, he went up the road to Kentucky. <laughs> you know, that's got to really chap you if you're Vandy. Um, so they're missing him big time. Uh, you know, as far as their defense goes, uh, Auburn kind of went up and down the field on them. Auburn's not a great offensive football team. Uh, Georgia pretty much uh, that was a what I call a a, a a pretty score for Vandy, 37 20. But they took their foot off the gas, uh, pretty much. Uh, you to know, your, everything, to your point, else. JC, not to cut you off, but Vanderbilt allowing 255 and a half yards per game through the air, 180 yards per game on the ground. So it, it should yeah. be kind of whatever Dabble Loggins wants to dial up. You would think both sides of the offense should be able to, to get yeah. out, if you will, find that as, as much as South Carolina struggled on defense, Vandy's pro, pro worse, you know. 
Uh, I mean, UNLV came back from 17 down to beat him out in Vegas. I don't know why you schedule that, but <laughs> anyway, uh, it's, uh, you know, but it's also one of those things. Clark Lee is a gifted defensive coordinator and, you know, just like most coaches do when things aren't working, you know, you could surprise attack, you know, maybe it's a look they're not looking for. If you can't stop the deep ball, like you haven't been able to do most of the year and Shepard gets behind you or McGowan gets behind you, and you're down 17, nothing early. That other sideline is going to be feeling chipper. And then you're going to have to go adjust. Now I think Dowell Loggins can make adjustments a lot quicker. Maybe the, the other side of the ball has at times, but, uh, that that's a concern if there's some kind of element of surprise and and, and seal you mentioned seals and so on. they're both very capable passers they're they're not both those kids are good quarterbacks they're just uh they don't have a lot of surrounding uh talent but if not you know vanny just comes out there and plays their normal defense and all that you know it, it should be a big day uh for the gamecocks I, I think with the exception of of the two receivers that can beat you deep uh, of course we found out Jacksonville State has receivers that can beat you deep, but uh, it, it's a, it's probably a better matchup. There's less things to be concerned about with all the motion and jet sweeping and perimeter play and, and option and stuff that, that Jack State ran. You know, Vandy's more of a straightforward type attack, and, you know, I think that the Gamecocks uh, offense should, should have a, another really good day at home. And the good news, JC, the game is at Williams-Brice Stadium, where Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks offense has been electric. JC Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks, the Big Spur. JC, last thing before I get you out of here, there's been a lot of chatter about Juice Wells and his future and his status for this season, but his future, I think, more importantly, that potentially maybe NIL could play a major role in getting him back to South Carolina what can you tell us about that? If anything, obviously you run a collective, you're in the NIL space. Like what would you set the, maybe the odds at the percentage at that he returns next year? Is that a realistic, is there a realistic path for that? Or is that just kind of wishful thinking by the Gamecocks fan base at this point? I'll answer your question like this. I, you know, I, I don't want to put odds on it because I think it's impossible to handicap at this point, because with anything like this, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of people that, maybe get involved suddenly that weren't involved before and, you know, all that good stuff. So you, you just never know. But I will say there's a realistic path towards him returning next year. I, I don't, I, I am not going to rule that out at all. And so some people, some fans have, uh, but I, and I haven't gotten on the megaphone and, you know, yelled at everybody, you know, Hey, no, that's not true. I mean, pe people can speculate all they want. Cause I don't, I don't want people to be, very disappointed if he doesn't go I, I honestly think it could go either way but there is a path for him to come back if you look at his uh commercial nil deals he has through park avenue which is part of carolina rise he's he is the uh i think the leader in the conference as far as number of endorsement deals um he's doing fine uh and and he loves playing at south carolina and you know you have to think with the, this this draft class is full of great receivers you have to think that only playing in one game um, or if it ends up being three or four, you know, that's probably going to bump him back. Uh, and, and the kid could be a first rounder. Um, this is just an unfortunate injury that happens. So, you know, if you follow that line of thinking, you know, and, and he follows that line, I think, uh, I think it could be back. If not, 
Wish him well, because I think I think no matter where he's drafted, the kid's going to be a pro. I think he's going to be an outstanding uh, NFL receiver. He just may have to go into the sixth, seventh round and, and, and prove it a little more and have a little less signing bonus money uh, when he gets there. JC, it's fun to think about the potential of Juice Wells and Nick Harbor on the outside and potentially Lenora Sellers delivering them the football. We shall see what the future mm-hmm. holds. JC, appreciate you taking the time. As always, my friend, can't wait to do it again next week. Thanks, Chris. Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.